You're listening to the Sonic Guild Colorado Podcast. I'm your host, LM Fisher, musician, producer, and creator. This episode features Joe James, Austin-based musician with a whole lot of soul. We spoke virtually about his new music, the power of telling your story with honesty, how a recording space can influence an album's journey, and so much more. This is the Sonic Guild Colorado Podcast with Joe James. are tuning in to the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. I am here today virtually with Joe James. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be here virtually. It's great to be here too with you in this amazing virtual space. Yeah. Um, how are you? How's life been? The last time I saw you was a couple months ago at the OBC Wine Project here in Colorado. Yeah, that's right. Uh, life has been great. It's been crazy, but in the best way. Which, by the way, that was that was such a great trip to to visit everyone in in Colorado, the Sonic Guild chapter of Colorado. That was really, really, really cool, and I was super honored to to come in and play music for you guys. Oh man, it was such a joy, and you completely brought the house down. You're such a natural performer, oh, and thanks. I mean, you know, it's good when you're go into a space and there's already a big group of people there kind of doing their own thing and they all stay and you're like gathering more people as they're like walking by and you were calling them over from the brewery they heard your music i felt like they were all like what's up over there so kudos yeah. to you it was such a fun show oh man thank you of course so let's talk a little bit about you and your music you started kind of as a hired gun essentially um, what was that transition like into being a frontman and what we have here today, Joe James, and what yeah. did you learn in that transition? I mean, it was uh, definitely a journey. Uh, the, the start of my whole musical journey was when I was a kid, I was eight years old, and I played drums for my dad's church, and and then I went to Musicians Institute in, in Hollywood, California, and that's, I went to for GIT, which is Guitar Institute of, of Technology, and I went there, and that's actually where I found that I I could sing and people actually liked it. And I was like, no, no, I, I can't sing. And I remember I took a an elective class. It was guitar and vocal accompaniment. And um, I took that class and just for extra credit. And I, I was I was like, I'm a guitar player through and through, like, you know, and I took that class and, and I sang a little bit and the teacher was like, wow, you could you could sing. And I'm like, no, no, I'm a guitar player. So I kind of shunned it off a little bit and just started playing guitar and, and writing songs for for some folks in, in the Burbank and uh, Los Angeles area. And I did that for a while until I moved here to Austin. And so that move, we, me, my wife and I just wanted to get away from the, the city because you can imagine Los Angeles and California and everything was just kind of getting, you know, jam packed. So we were like, well, let's, let's go somewhere, you know, um, that we can kind of get in touch with nature, you know, and out of the concrete jungle. And so we moved here to, uh, to Texas, but we moved to a, a place northern texas kind of a temple belton area and that was a little too country for us so we ended up moving to austin uh but when i moved to texas i joined a, a band right away and started singing and and uh and i had been singing before in, in california i was singing doing my own stuff and doing backup vocals and doing stuff like that and kind of finding my voice but it was here when i when i came to, to texas is when i really like found 
who I am as a performer and, and I joined a, a band, a local band here and we toured all over Texas. And that's where I kind of found my, my, um, my, I, I grew my stage legs uh, playing with that band. Cause we were just like playing every weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it was exhausting, but I learned how to, you know, work a crowd and I learned how to sing and I learned how to uh, perform. So that was the start of it all. And then I ended up going solo and that band dispersed and, and started writing my own stuff. And the rest is, is history. What a journey. I also lived in LA for a while. And so I know exactly what you're talking about being like, I need to get out. I know it's like and sardines. It's, it's like, totally sardines. Yeah. And crazy. And it's just like, go, go, go. And it doesn't really leave, shockingly, it doesn't leave a lot of room to be creative and kind of go your own route. Yeah, totally. And I, I think it's that it's more, you know, they're more commercial and, and no, no hate hate on that. They are geared towards more of the commercial entertainment industry. And I'm I'm just a, an original, uh, authentic artist, you know, I want to write my own songs and, and no one's going to tell me how to write my songs so it can be playable and I can become the next big thing. I'm like, I don't care about that. I just want to write music because I love it, you know, and Austin is perfect for that. I mean, the authenticity here is just and the, the support is just off the wall. Yeah. What are the venues like in Austin? So for our audience listening at home, this is a little different. Usually we're talking to Colorado artists, but Joe James came out here to our neck of the woods to play some shows. How does it compare venue-wise from here to Austin? Yeah. Well, um, the venue I played at there in Colorado uh, was the Enigma Bazaar I played at one, that one. And that kind of had a cool Austin vibe. Um, but Austin is just, I mean, it's so full of, it's the live music capital of the world. So, I mean, there's, there's live music vin venues everywhere. I mean, some that should not call themselves live music venues when they have a jumbotron of football playing like right behind the band it's like come on but there are some staples here like the continental club and sea boys and antones and um there's a, a few others uh, saxon pub can't forget that one and there are th these amazing venues that are, are are structured and geared toward original artists i mean they don't, they don't want to hear you know a cover band come in they want to hear your music you know and you you can really hone your craft as a performer and as a songwriter and build your your audience at these places too and and i'm very thankful for them they're they're amazing venues and they're they're st they're still breathing that that cool austin vibe that that we had a long time ago they're still like holding on to to that so there's still life here in austin even though all the tech guys are all moving in but that's fine we love them too <laughs> yeah they can bring the money and then they can you guys keep the authenticity that's a good combo of <laughs> forces yeah it is yeah so you had an interesting experience you auditioned for the voice i did what was that like <sighs> It was definitely an experience. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have chose to to audition, but my wife kind of pushed me to to do it, which I'm glad she did because it was a great experience. But I, at that point in my career and in my life, I was completely just, um, you know, I dove all the way in with live music and and playing, and and, and so I was so busy doing that stuff that I didn't 
you know, I didn't even think to go audition for a TV show, but she was like, you know, maybe you should try it out. So I did. And it was great. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a machine. And um, I think my biggest takeaway there, and I, I always tell people this, my biggest takeaway was how um, like all of these amazing singers and, and even the songwriters and, and musicians, like I, I just, I was so thankful to to be able to to meet these people and connect with these people and still have friendships with these people so that's what that's the thing i took away from it was just a bunch of amazing connections with amazing people and amazing amazingly talented people and it was cool to you know sing in front of blake shelton and, and you know kelly clarkson and john legend and all of those cats but my my thing the the thing i loved the most was meeting the all the other contestants, all the other artists, and making uh, lifelong friends. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah, you get a bunch of talented people in the room. Yeah. It's like, that's the best place to be as an artist, right? It's like you're creating and you want people around you that are going to push you to that next level. And to hear you're maintaining those friendships and connections is like, that's the best you could. I mean, yeah, winning the voice, I guess, is great. But like, yeah, you know being in the room and like knowing those people, the community of creative people. like Yeah, totally. And I mean, I, I loved all the, 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 the voice team and, and the producers and everything. And they were all great. But at the end of the day, it is, a, it's, a, it's a TV show, you know, uh, they, they win Emmys and not Grammys, you know, it's a TV show. So, I mean, for me, I, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to, to win it. My one of my good friends, Jake Hoot, he won the season I was on, which good for him. But for me, I just I don't I wouldn't want to. Uh, and, and I'm not under contract anymore. But now I could say because of the contract, it's terrible. So I was like, I don't want I don't <laughs> I don't want to win that at all. Uh, but but it was great. It, it was a great experience. And like I said, I, I I met some amazing people, amazing singers who who made who definitely inspired me to, to be better, be a better singer. And then just amazing people who inspired me to be a better person. So it was, it was, it was great. We were all sequestered for two months in, you know, this hotel in, in Burbank, California. And that was fun. But yeah, it was a really cool experience. And the back lot, being on the back lot of, of Universal and like hanging out back there and having people do your, you know, your hair and makeup and, and, and dress you and stuff was kind of, surreal uh yeah, no kidding. That was fun. and when no i got kidding. back home i was like where where's hair and makeup i can't <laughs> how am i gonna do a gig without my hair and makeup <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about that like how do you navigate being an independent artist self-promotion kind of that totally other flip side to the machine idea of having like a whole team of people yeah i mean I'm fortunate, I mean, not at the beginning, but I'm fortunate that I've, I've built this team around me of, of extreme, of trusted people who are my, not just my, you know, colleagues, but, but friends that I trust with my career. And, and so I've been able to build this, this team around me and my wife being the core of all of it, you know, if it weren't for her, I, don't, I have no clue. What, what I'd be doing, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot more it's a lot more work not being a, a, a big production or, or having a record label. But I think it's a lot more satisfying, a lot more gratifying to have control over 
your brand, you know, and your art, your creativity. Like you, I'm able to do what I want to do creatively and that I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I mean, it's a lot more work, but, but it's, it's definitely, it pays off in, in the end for sure. Let's talk a little bit about your songwriting process. What is that like now and how has that evolved from when you kind of first dove into solo artist? Um, so I have so many, I have a lot of different ways of, of writing songs. Um, and inspiration kind of strikes in the oddest places do, you know, driving down the road, I have to like get my phone out and, you know, do a voice memo. So it's never, I, I never want it to be for me and maybe it's a downfall, but I don't think it is, but I'd never want it to feel like a job you know, where I sit down and I have to write, you know, X amount of songs and uh, this specific topic. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's very creative for me, but that's in, in my world. So it, it varies. There'll be sometimes a few days where I don't write songs at all. Uh, I'll write songs at sound checks. I'll write songs um, in a green room. Yeah, you know, I'll write songs driving down the road with my voice memo you know i try not to write songs at dinner with my wife so that's you know but i do sometimes but don't tell her but it's it it's a bunch of different ways and and fortunately i've you know i play um a few different instruments so you know i i have a, the piano that i'll sit down and i'll play and if something comes out then I'll, I'll record that and eventually build it into a song over time or it just goes into the uh the vault which I have so many ideas and songs in that that vault. Um, so yeah, it's just it varies. So I don't have a specific way of writing songs. I just allow myself to be moved, you know, and inspired by whatever's going on around me, whether that be in a sound check or in a green room or you know driving down the road or at dinner with my wife. Like I I, I want it all to to inspire me and not to feel like it's a I have to sit down and clock in, you know, because that's why I got into this business in the first place, not to sit down and clock in. How do you know when a song is ready to come out of the vault? Like, is there a feeling you get? Sure. So, I mean, I, I think unfinished songs, I have a lot of unfinished songs that are in the vault. I think the ones that, that I know are ready basically write themselves, you know? And so whether it's I finished the song that day or the, the, you know, the foundation of the song that day, or I keep coming back to it because I, I, I'm like, this has something, you know, th this is something special. I want, I want to say something with this song. So the ones that I have an idea, but never seem to form th those end up collecting dust in, in the vault. But yeah, the ones that, that I, I usually finish are, are those ones where I, j I just like these have, I have to finish these. I have to finish it today or I have to, I'm going to come back to this and keep working on it and molding it and shaping it into to something. That's that's usually how how that goes. Uh but sometimes it's funny because some songs like I'll start off, it'll start off a specific way and it's it sounds a specific way and then by the end of it it's a, almost a completely like different song, which is which is great. It's such a cool process, it's a, the creative process to see it started this way and then you know, turned into something you you didn't even imagine it would be. So I, lo I love songwriting. It's so cool. You recorded back home at home 
while caring for your wife, how did being in your own space affect how the EP was produced and like that shaping process? Uh, that was, oh man, that was such an interesting time. It worked perfectly for that EP uh, because I was living in the midst of, you know, what we were going through at that time um, with my wife being sick. And, and so I was here at the house. And again, when the inspiration struck, I would just, I'd go upstairs and I'd lay down the, the drums or the guitar, or, uh, you know, vocals um, in, in kind of in the middle of whatever was going on, as opposed to waiting or jotting something down and then waiting and, and running to the studio, you know, the, the day after and recording it. It was like, I, I, I was here and it was 2020. So we did everything, you know, we're all locked in we're all locked in so like i would just that inspiration would strike and i'd go upstairs and and record and so it was um it was an amazing way of recording uh music but to be honest i i like leaving and going to another place you know but i think for that specific ep and those specific songs that's exactly how it needed to be because i needed to feel everything that was happening within the four walls of our house. Mm, that's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. I imagine that really like put the feeling into the songs and something that like you couldn't get from leaving to a studio. Now on your current stuff that you're working on now, you're going to a studio then you're going out and about. What's that like? So for this one, I mean, I'm releasing uh, an album called Found My Way on September 9th. And I've released a, a single called Down to the River and I'm releasing another one, um, 23rd, called Beautiful Soul. And so this album is my journey in, uh, in a mental battle that I, I um, had to, to face at the beginning of 2021. And so this is my story and this is my, my testimony and, and this is uh, you know, what, the, what, I, what happened in my life and how I, I was, I came, I went from darkness to light and from, you know, trial to triumph. And so I wrote these songs with that type of mindset. And so in my life, I, my life has not been an easy one. And so I, I was writing from that place, but also a place of gratitude and thankfulness of, you know, how far I've come and how far God has brought me and, and all the things that have happened in my life. Cause there was a point where I was completely hopeless, but now have all the hope in the world you know and so i wanted to i want i wanted everything to make sense with this album and i didn't want to just throw things together i didn't just want to go into a studio uh some you know million dollar studio anywhere and <clears throat> and record these songs because i'm like i'll take my time to find the right studio i'll take my time to find the right producer because these songs they mean the world to me, you know, and I can't wait for them to breathe life into to others because I had life breathed into me. So I was like, I, I, I want these songs to say something and I don't, I want everything to mean something. So anyway, we went to the studio or we were studio shopping, me and my friend, Eli Menezes, who, who, um, who produced the album, who's a great friend of mine and he knows me and he knows what I've, I've gone through and, and what I've overcome. So he was like the perfect guy. And he's extremely talented, but he's a perfect guy to, to to produce this album. But we were studio shopping, and we went to a few studios, and I, they they just didn't feel 
right. And uh, we ended up landing on this one studio here in Austin called Cedar Creek Studio. And if you ever come to Austin, you got to check this place out because it's great. But when you pull up to this place, it, it looks like an old rundown barn and almost like the beginning of like a horror movie. You know? And so we're like pulling up to this place and I text the guy and I'm like, uh, I think we're here. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're definitely here. And so we walk into the studio and I'm like, wow, what, what's going to happen? We walk into the studio and it's this beautiful, warm, lived in studio with this amazing gear, you know, and it just feels like home, you know. And so right away, like the, the vibe I was picking up in, in that studio, I'm like, yeah, I think this is the spot. And that's how we chose that specific studio because it made sense within my story within the story of, of of the album is that yes I, i'm bruised and i've been broken you know but i've been transformed on the inside like i'm 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 a new person like that person i was before who was completely hopeless and faced that giant called hopelessness has defeated that and has has, has lived to see the other side and so Looking at that studio, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's, it looks broken on the outside, but on the inside, it's just it's beautiful, warm, at-home feeling studio, you know? And I'm like, yes, this this fits exactly what I want to say with, with, uh, with this album. Oh, that's fantastic. There's nothing like being in a good studio that like fits in the, it's it just, there's something about the energy of being in that place that really like yields itself to the songs and to making something that it sounds like you're really excited about. Tell me about the release process for Down to the River. Um, released in May. It's out now. Everybody listening after this, go listen to that. It's fantastic. What was that process like for you? And what is your thinking of this is how I'm going to release the songs for this album? Sure. So so every song for this album. So that was just, that was the beginning, the launching point for this album. So all the songs are pointing toward the the cohesive album and i know we live in a, in a day and age where it's it's all about singles but i mean i grew up with you know my dad having albums and like the beatles and and all these things and i'm like i i like i like when you put on an album from front to back and you just listen to the story they had to to tell within this this record you know and there's something magical about that but we live in such a quick fast pace like give it to us now but that's not the audience that i'm going for you know i'm going for people that are you know are they're going to put on this record and they're going to have you know some dinner and a glass of wine and then go you know what we should go see that joe james guy live you know that's like that's my demographic but the that's just the launching point. So I want everything gearing up for the record. All of these things are a sign pointing to the record. You know, like these are just a little glimpse. It's a little glimpse into what's to come. So I don't put a lot, I'm not putting a lot of emphasis on singles, um, even though they're great and they do tell the story, um, but they're just pointing you to what's to, to come. That's a fantastic mindset. I love that. Yeah, there's not enough like full album stories. And I'm the same way. Like I want to hear, I'm a storyteller. I want to hear a story from start to finish and like this beautiful end. So I like that, that like in this single driven age, it's like, hey, these are just road signs and singles don't have to be necessarily standalone. Like they can have their own legs, but then they can walk you right over to the next thing that you're 
you want to listen to. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't think you have enough to say in in one song. You know, I mean, that's why I like compilation albums and I like these cohesive albums. Like Abbey Road is one of my favorite albums. Um, Our Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Like you put those on and you get lost within within the grooves of the record. And you're like, man, like this is, it's almost feels like a lost art, but but it almost, also it almost feels like it's coming back though, you know? Like people are 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 more appreciative of the art of making a full album, and there's so, there's a there's a, a beauty about that, especially in this fast paced, give me a single, move on type of uh, day and age we're living in. An album makes you stop and take a breath and just get lost in the music. I don't want to get lost for three minutes. I want to get lost for thirty, you know. And so, like that's that's what I love about making a record. And more people need to do it. How are you preparing for your shows in the UK? And how does prepping for a national tour versus international compare? Um, yeah, that's a good question. There's there's so so much that goes into it. Um, hotels, uh, you know, passports, um, transportation and all of that stuff. Luckily we have a team of people that are, are are kind of just send me the itinerary and that's what I, I, I do, you know? Um, but for me personally, um, I'm just, I'm doing what I always do. The only different difference is uh, the voltage out there is, is a little different. So like I have to make sure all my, my gear and my pedals work within their, you know, their power. I'm like, man, so, uh, but we got all that figured out. So I'm, I'm ready, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing what I usually do. Uh, you know, I, I'll just go out there and be exactly who I am every time I get on a stage and hopefully they love it. Where are you going? And like, what are the cities that you're most excited for that you haven't been to? So we'll be in London for the most part. We'll be there from the first to the eighth. Um, and we have two festivals, uh, RHS Festival, I believe, uh, two days doing that. And then we have an event, kind of a private event, which I don't remember what it's called. And then we're doing a So Far uh, London, which is going to be cool. And of course, I'm super excited about all of, all of that, but I'll, I'm really fangirling because I'm a huge Beatles fan. So I'm going to, I'm going to Abbey Road. Me and my wife are going <laughs> to head down to, to Liverpool for a day and kind of visit all of, you know, all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play. Of course, that's what I, I love to do, but oh my gosh, my eight, 10, 13 year old self is just like, you're going to London and you're going to go to Abbey Road. That's crazy. Oh, that's fantastic. How and my fun. dad's super psyched because he's, he, he's the one who, 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 uh, who got me into the Beatles. So he's like, man, I'm so jealous. And he's never been, you know? And so I'm going to have to pick him up some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of cool merch for you to bring back from those places. And who knows, maybe one day you'll be recording an album at Abbey Road. You can fly him back out. I hope so. We'll put it out there. So you've been nominated and received many awards for your songwriting. What can participating in those kind of opportunities do for an artist? I mean, it's great. It's it's great and it's great to be recognized and it's a great tool to kind of use uh for promotional value but i don't i don't write for any of that you know i don't write for awards or i don't write for 
for recognition or I don't even write for, for people. You know, I write for myself and my story and, and, you know, my relationship with my wife and what God has done for me. And then, and then I give it away. So like when I'm writing songs, it's great to, to, to receive those type of awards and it's an honor, you know, but yeah, I, I don't do it for any other reason, just, but, but to create and to say something because I have to. You know, it's therapeutic. It's a gift that has been given to me, and I want to be um, be a good steward of that gift. You know, and so when I'm writing songs, it's like that's the last thing I'm thinking of. And when it happens, I'm like, cool, thank you. And then it's like on to the the next thing. You know, but I think, but but it is. It's an honor. It's an honor to get get recognized for for songwriting and and to use those things. You know, those nice quotes and 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 awards that, that people have given me into and you know that my my songs uh have touched people in that way that's it's great it's awesome but I, I don't i don't write for that though it's probably a good mindset to have it's like yeah exactly i'm gonna do my thing a lot of people they write to please other people and i'm i don't i don't want to i don't care about pleasing anyone but god and my wife and like you know i don't and but i want to help people there's a difference between helping and pleasing and so like when i'm writing it's helpful for me because i it's a therapeutic thing for me and then i give it away and pray and hope that it helps others i'm more in the business of 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 guiding and helping others and, and and bringing them out of you know dark places and, and into into the light and instead of and bringing them out of this storm and getting them to see that you know that that storm does pass you know and like that's my my main reason for for writing and to putting it out in the into the world and, and not to receive any awards because i don't care about any awards i can't my the reward for me is to is is to see what that those songs do what has been your biggest struggle and your biggest triumph within your music career so far oh man um uh my my biggest struggle was we just talked about it my biggest struggle struggle was worrying about what others thought of me and 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 status you know and and all of that all of those things that are meaningless like that was my biggest struggle and my biggest triumph was realizing that that was not important. And that is the thing, that's when a light bulb went on, if you wanna say, like it, I, that's when I realized like, I don't do this for recognition. I do it because I was called to do it and I was gifted to do it. And and that's what I'm gonna do until I can't anymore. So that was my, that's my triumph is that I realized that that stuff doesn't matter. The 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 follows and the the likes and the um and the recognition and and all of these things and the pats on the back and whatever like when you put your identity into those things you lose who you actually are wow that is some amazing perspective to have and i'm so excited for you to like have that light switch flipped and it sounds like it's sent you down this path of like exactly what your purpose is is making music to help people and what an incredibly joyous thing to like overcome. Yeah, definitely it is. And I mean, it, 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 it was a struggle and I'm, I'm glad I had my kind of uh, Saul to Paul moment where I was blinded and then I saw, you know, what I was actually meant to do, you know, and, and that's when I started writing the best songs I've ever written. And that's when I, I really stepped in 
to to actually living life you know and not trying to live a, a life uh, to please people but live a life to please like i said god and and i am just so thankful that i got over that that hurdle because that struggle actually led me to depression and you know self-worth and like not knowing my self-worth and led me to put my identity in in all of these false hopes you know and that was the biggest struggle but i'm glad i am so glad i i've gotten over that what has been your experience like with sonic guild and how did you get involved how's the organization helped your career move forward in terms of community sure um i love sonic guild i love matt ott that's my guy man well i i found out about them when they were black fret and here in in austin texas where it originated and i had a few friends that were were um then black fret artists but we'll, we'll we got to get used to the new name sonic guild for rebranding I know, but I had a lot of, of uh, friends who were Sonic Guild artists and, and I, I saw their name all around town and was curious about the organization and finally figured out what they do and thought it was cool. So I started going to some events with some of uh, my friends who were, who were uh, Black Fret artists and, and some of the members started coming out to my shows and ended up uh, enjoying what I do and ended up nominating me um, in 2022. And yeah, it was a humongous help. I mean, it's a, they're a huge support to the Austin community and now, you know, to Colorado and all of these other places out there branching out, which is awesome. It's awesome because now we, us, we, we all get to go to, you know, cool places like Denver and Colorado and, and hang out with you guys. So that's cool. Um, in the financial aspect, I mean, it helped me to make this, this, this new record you know it was a huge help in in making this record uh was that financial backing from the grant so yeah we're we're very thankful i know all of us artists uh who who have been blessed to be able to be nominated um we're very thankful for for the the support that sonic guild uh gives local artists yeah i absolutely agree it's just a fantastic for me like i always say I feel like I always say this on every episode, but like it truly is such kind of like a selfish, like amazing thing for me because I get to connect with local musicians and independent musicians in the branch that they're supporting with Austin and us and all of the different places, Seattle. It's just such a cool network of kind of like the voice. Like it's just this amazing network of amazing people that you get to meet and then hopefully go in and visit. I mean, I'm I'm coming out to Austin next. Like it sounds Sweet. awesome. It's, it sounds yeah. great. Let me know when you come out. <laughs> so it's been amazing talking to you. Before we go, do you have any advice to artists who are just starting out? Yeah, it's been amazing talking to you. This has been super fun. I can't wait to come back to, to Colorado. And when you come out to Austin, you got to let me know. But I would just say, you know, keep honing your craft. And I think the best, as an artist, the best thing to do, even though it's extremely intimidating, is start playing out live and growing your, your stage legs and, and start at open mics and, and just, you know, and, and go from there. I think that that's the best way to become a great performer, a great artist is to it's get out there, it's trial by fire, you know, and never stop learning. 
you know, never stop, uh, especially songwriters, you know, dive, dive in deep into the, to the great albums, not just one single, but the great albums, you know, like Abbey Road and, and, you know, the Beatles and Stevie Wonder and, and all of those fantastic people, Bob Dylan, dive into those and, and, and really, really listen and, and hone your craft. But yeah, just keep going, keep doing it. Well, thank you so much for your time. This is a great conversation and I wish you the best of luck on your tours and as you release more and more songs off the album and then to the full finished story. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Awesome. Thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Sonic Guild Colorado podcast. Check out the links in our show notes to experience Joe James' music and to become a member of Sonic Guild Colorado. <laughs>